Hi, welcome to the JPUG podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. Today I'd like to talk about being prepared. So there's different ways we can be prepared. I my intuition has told me to be prepared and when I was a even young um like a young woman and was learning how to bake and I I tried to make sure my parents would like restock their pantry and restock their ingredients um because even at a very young age I felt like it's very important to have like your own supply and Glenn Beck did a lot of work on the dark uh, agenda like the new world order um, it used to be called agenda 21 and he said one of the things you should look for is words like sustainable development like this is the word sustainable and the word development because those words are like keywords for the new world order <clears throat> and Dave Hodges has done a lot of work also talking about how in order to control everybody, the New World Order wants people to move to the cities in stack and pack apartment housing. So they don't want you to have your own home. They want you to live in an apartment. And when you live in an apartment, it's very hard to, like, if you look at the shelving that's provided, a lot of times you'll have a big walk-in closet in the bedroom where you can put lots of clothes, but they don't give you a pantry, really. They don't really even give you a place to put your food. And they really want to push this culture, the culture of having to go grocery shopping every single week or even multiple times during the week. Um, and which, you know, I don't have a problem with doing that because if you want fresh food, that's a good way to go. But there's nothing, like really, it's really common sense for people to have stores of, of grain and food in, in a large amount. Like that's pretty... Like, we're kind of at a point where most people don't even know how to grind their own wheat or they're incapable of doing it, which, you know, that's okay. I mean, you know, we'll never, ever be completely alone. We'll always have to rely on each other to, to do things like that. But I, I don't see why someone would spend, you know, hundreds of dollars a year on insurance, like, to protect your home if there's a flood. Well, the chances of, like, food shortages are just as probable is the chances of like a flood in your home and so if we get insurance for those types of things we need to get insurance for running out of food because you know if your home floods you're still going to live if you run out of food you're going to die um and so that's not being fearful that's just being prepared that's just being smart and you know if you send out your kid like if your kid doesn't know how to drive and you try to send him out in a car the first time you know, whether you're afraid or not, that's a really stupid thing to do. Like, if you're going to send your kid out to drive, you better teach him how to drive first. So, um, being prepared is just, it's just smart. It has nothing to do with fear. It has everything to do with, um, being practical and being realistic. And, um, there is a concerted effort to get people out of the habit of, being in a position of power, okay? When you have your own supply of necessities, you are in a place where you can't be controlled and you are in a place where you can't be pushed around because Satan, the satanic kingdom works through torture, okay? That is a satanic concept where if you just torture someone hard enough, you can get them to give up their belief system and make them follow your belief system. And I know Ron Paul has 
uh, an opinion that we shouldn't even use torture because it doesn't even work. Um, but the concept of being put in a position of high discomfort for a prolonged or even indefinite amount of time is um, what the satanic kingdom uses to get people to give up their sovereignty and to get get them, you know, so that they can harvest you, so that they can have your power, and they will use that. I mean, it's just common sense. That's how Satan controls the world, is he uses torture to control people. And so, if we're aware of that fact, um, I mean, we need to work on having a strong will to not give in to torture, but it's just common sense that if you have your own necessities, then you can't be tortured. So if the supply line, if, if they are purposely trying to get rid of the supply line so that they can torture you with famine, a contrived famine, well, if you have your own supplies and necessities, then they can't do that. It, it won't work. So um, the first thing that maybe people think is, yeah, but I can't get prepared because I don't have enough money. And my thoughts on that is like whatever your indulgences are now if you were to like fast from those so that you can get food su supply then not only it's two birds with one stone not only would you be overcoming your your indulgences but you'd also be getting prepared so everybody has indulgences <laughs> and so if you could practice sacrificing those indulgences just a little um then you could use that to buy food because Getting food in bulk is actually cheaper anyway, if you can buy large amounts anyway. So it does take studying it out and finding places you can buy food for cheap. You know, that takes work and that takes effort. Um, but if you have a will, then if you have the will to do it, then you will find ways to do it. Um, for example, a dehydrator costs about $30 <laughs> and you can <clears throat> buy five dozen eggs at Walmart for about $3 and 30 cents. And so you can buy like five dozen eggs and you can put them in the blender and blend them up. And then you can put them in your dehydrator and dehydrate it and make yourself some egg powder that can last for a while. And you can store it in jars or you can vacuum seal it. A vacuum sealer, a good one costs about $169. So you can decide if you can afford that or not, but if not, just put it and store it in jars or bags and that's protein okay for a very cheap amount of money you can put aside a protein for you so you don't have to go out and buy a hundred dollars worth of meat but you can make freeze you can make dehydrated eggs if i were to buy a can of dehydrated eggs it'd cost me like thirty dollars but i can get five dozen eggs for for about and and i think that's about usually 40 servings or maybe it's up to 70 servings for a can so that's five dozen would probably be about 60 eggs so it would be um three dollars worth of eggs that you can dehydrate yourself plus the price of a dehydrator or buying cans of it yourself so there's ways of doing it cheaper really cheaply and um so just think think what could i sacrifice that i'm spending money on today that I could save money on. Maybe you want to buy something new, but you could fix it instead. You know, you want some new pants, but you have some that just need to be fixed. So you could fix it yourself and then spend that money on food. There's always something you can do. Um, 
you know, gardening takes lots of work. I'm still learning how to do it, and I'm very slow at learning how to do it, but learning how to, like, compost. My friend was saying she bought, like, a 100-gallon bag from Home Depot, and she's been composting, like, cardboard boxes and eggshells and the neighbor's coffee grounds, and they have a great garden this year from that. So learning how to compost. Like, I started composting, and it started attracting animals, so... Um, I, I'm going to maybe try my friend's idea, which is to do it in a bag. So I'm still learning on on those types of things too. But even if you, I mean, it has to go, you have to do some skill development, like learn how to garden and stuff, but also have a supply. So just in case the garden fails or just in case that you, you do get looters that come and ransack your, your garden or whatnot or animals come and eat it, or whatever happens, that you'll still have stored food. Um, a really easy way to store food is to get like a, a, you can buy like a bucket at Home Depot for like $5 with a lid, and um, you can fill that up with like flour or sugar or, um, or whatnot. Now, if you just fill it up straight up and you don't do anything else, it'll last you about a year. If you want it to last longer, you can buy, on Amazon, you can order a five-gallon size Mylar bag, and you can stick that in the bucket and then fill up the bag. Okay, now, if you just do that and shut the, shut the bucket just like that, you've got a product that's going to last a lot longer. Okay, but you can even go an extra mile, and you can get like a hair straightener or an iron, and you can iron the Mylar bag so that it's sealed shut, and you can stick an oxygen absorber in there before it's sealed at the very end of the bag. Stick in a big oxygen absorber you can buy for like the size of a five gallon bucket and then seal it the rest of the way. Now that's going to last you 25 years if you do that. Again, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can do it really cheaply. So um, you could probably get about 10 Mylar bags and 10 oxygen absorbers that are the size of a five gallon bucket for about $20 and then you can buy you know five gallon buckets with lids for about five dollars so if you wanted to store 10 buckets of food that would cost about $70 plus whatever food you want to put in it that's if you want it to last for 25 years if you just want it to last for one year then it's just that five dollar per bucket plus the food so you can go get a bag of flour for five ten dollars from Costco and really, like, the best way, like, I like to, to prepare is just if I'm buying an item for something and I like that item, like, if I'm going to make peach cobbler, then I'll buy, instead of buying two cans, I'll buy four so that next time I want to make peach cobbler, I, I already have the peaches bought from the last time I went shopping. And then the next week, if I'm going to make peach cobbler, what I'll do is I'll go back and instead of using the two cans I bought that were extra... I'll store those and then I'll go buy four more cans. So now I've got, um, I've used four cans and I've stored four cans at the end of two, you know, two weeks where I made peach cobbler each week. Um, another thing to think about with preparing is, am I going to eat this item once a week? If there's an item that you're going to eat once a week, like canned peas, then you should get 52 cans. Store up until you've got 52 cans. Once you got 52 cans, it's really easy, you know, if the time comes that you have to live off that as food storage, it's really easy because you can just say to yourself, okay, I can have one of these a week. 
And so you'll start to be able to realize, oh, I've got how much of a year supply you have based on how many sets of items you have in a set of 52 items. So if you want to be able to make a cake mix once a week, then or a brownie mix, then you should store up 52 brownie or cake mixes. And then, of course, you should add some dehydrated eggs and some vegetable oil so that you can make that without fresh eggs if you have to. Or if you don't want to store up eggs, you can replace the eggs with vinegar and baking soda if you don't have eggs on hand. Vinegar and baking soda is pretty inexpensive to stock up on. And so if you stock on, a, on that with like a cake mix, or, you know, you could be a baker, you could know how to make Texas sheet cake. So it might be cheaper if you know how to bake to buy flour, sugar, and cocoa powder. So if you buy those, then you don't have to buy cake mixes because you can make your own with butter, flour, and cocoa powder. Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> flour, sugar, cocoa powder, and then <clears throat> vegetable oil. Um, like, I like to bake chocolate chip cookies, and so I have, like, coconut oil and Crisco that I can use as fats if I don't have access to like fresh butter. Um, I like Crisco with baking cookies because even though it's not the healthiest for you, it gives it that crisp um, cookie texture that's like to die for. And just another thing to be aware of is like, if you're in an emergency situation, you have to live off your food storage. You want to have treats in your food storage because it's gonna help you um, kind of calm down, like physically calm down. Because when your body is stressed, you need a physical way to calm yourself down. And, you know, you shouldn't always turn to food, but in an emergency, it can be a real comfort. And if you don't want to, like, store candy, one thing you can do is just get, like, a big bucket of honey. <laughs> because just being able to, like, eat a teaspoon of honey when you're really stressed can help you relax. And honey's really good for you. It's got a lot of healing benefits. In fact, if you add a little bit of cinnamon with that honey... It, um, studies have shown that cinnamon with honey cure a lot of things, um, ranging from colds to arthritis um, to fatigue, low mobility. It's very, uh, it's a very healing tonic. <clears throat> um, I think the biggest thing is like, don't, don't freak out. Like, don't go out and buy the whole store. Just when you go. Just buy one or two extra things that you'd like to have stored in case of an emergency. Um, if you have kids, you might want to buy a few cloth diapers. You know, you don't need a lot, but just having a few on hand will give you that peace of mind. And, like, what I bought is I bought, like, G diaper cloth inserts so that I can actually throw away the insert and use the and reuse the outer part of the cloth diaper. So you can look at those types of diapers. They're called G diapers. Um, but so with G diapers, you can use cloth inserts or paper inserts. Um, so just getting a few of something can, can give you such a peace of mind. Like you don't have to have a lot of stuff stored away. Just, just have something stored away, something um, so that you can have peace of mind. Um, another thing to think about is like, how am I going to cook my food? Let's say the power goes out. You know, there's the propane stove. But, you know, you can even just get like <clears throat> a box of gel, chafing gel at like Costco. So you can at least heat up some water if you want to make oatmeal or whatever. Um, or get like a small generator that can just power a stove. 
Um, rocket stoves are really cool. People are making rocket stoves where you can cook your food with a handful of sticks. People are making rocket stoves out of cinder blocks. Like if you just have like three or four cinder blocks on hand and look it up online, you can just build a really quick rocket stove and you can cook your food with a handful of sticks. So everybody can find a few dollars to buy, you know, a cinder block costs like $2. So in your free time, if you could buy like three or four cinder blocks, then if the power goes out, you'll have a way, you'll have a stove that you can make by stacking them correctly. And uh, you just stack it so that the holes make a column for the heat to go up. And then you want a hole on the side for you to feed the sticks in. Um, stuff like that can give incredible peace of mind. And it's like, would cost you like $6. And then you know you could cook food. You could find fuel like sticks or charcoal in the area or cardboard or whatever you have on hand to burn and you could cook your food that way so they're just really really simple things you can do that don't cost a lot of money that would just give you that extra peace of mind like if you don't have money to go buy a generator or propane then find something because usually there will be a way with the budget that you have there will be a way there will be something you can do you know, one thing I do is I collect my dryer lint. I always collect my dryer lint to use as fire starters. Uh, another thing I do is I have like a charcoal warmer. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to make a fire when the sticks you're using are wet. Uh, it's nearly impossible. What, what I've found though is if you have a charcoal warmer and you put your sticks in that, then they heat up a lot quicker. So you could put semi-wet sticks in there with some dryer lint and you can start a fire in there. I've had success with that when trying to start a fire with wet stuff has not worked in the past or with other methods. Um, so having a charcoal warmer is great for, for needing to start a fire if you're not good at starting fires like I am and if you don't have that, that magic pyrotechnic touch to start fires quickly, then having a charcoal warmer to try to start your fire off in really 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 works it really really makes a difference um you know if you have something if you don't have like any type of alternate power have a way to wash your clothes if the power goes out you can buy a scrubba bag s-c-r-u-b-b-a scrubba bag that makes washing your clothes really simple you just need a drop of dawn dish soap and it's got this like silicone wash mat on the inside that does a really great job at getting the dirt out of your clothes. Or they have like these, for $15 you can get like a plunger type object that you can stick in the bucket, like a five gallon bucket with your clothes and pump it. And that will generate um, pushing and pulling through the, the clothes and that will help pull the dirt out of your clothes. Um, wash soap, okay, so making your own laundry soap like it doesn't have to be complicated. You can buy um, bars of soap in the laundry section. Look for like, I think it's called Zepha, Zepha soap. Um, it starts with a Z at least. And it's just in the laundry soap. It's like laundry section. It's like these big bars of soap and they cost like $1. And you can make out of one bar of those Zepha soaps, if you just like cut it into four blocks, one of the one fourth of those bars can fill up a five gallon bucket full of laundry soap even if you don't add anything else to it 
And so I store those bars because when I run out of laundry soap, I just get out a pan, a pot that's maybe like a six quart pot. And I take my fourth a bar of soap and cut it into tiny pieces and put it in the water and let it dissolve on medium heat. Takes a few hours or, you know, a couple hours, depending on how high the heat is. Um, once it's all dissolved, I stir it and pour it into a five gallon bucket. And then I add another, then I add water to that until the five gallon bucket's pretty almost full, maybe four inches from the top being full. And that's what I use to wash my clothes. So that's really, really cheap and your clothes get clean. Okay. Because if your clothes have a lingering smell after you wash them, like even if it smells like detergent, then they're not clean. Okay. Clean clothes should not have any smell. <laughs> Um, they should have no odor whatsoever. So a lot of like the commercial laundry soaps that you, you buy, they, they have toxins in them on purpose. And um, just like a lot of our foods have glyphosate. the laundry soaps a lot of times have unhealthy chemicals in them. And you're really better off not using those. Those are really, I mean, when someone, if I go for a walk in my neighborhood, I can tell when people are, are, doing laundry because the smell of the detergent fills the neighborhood like that's not good like you're, that's too much chemicals in your laundry um so we really should not be using the commercial soaps like the the zephyr soap i mean soap was commercial like originally it was made out of wood ash and it really is just like a caustic it's just a caustic material it doesn't need all of the extra chemicals in it. And you can research Dr. Mercola is where I've learned <clears throat> some of these things where like fragrant fragrance is a chemical they put. Nearly every type of soap or body wash or shampoo has these chemicals in it that are known toxins, even like the baby ones. So we're really better off just using the good old fashions, like just pure soap. Um, so definitely look into that. Also, like you can add um, borax or um, washing soda if you, if you need to. Uh, another thing that I think is good to have is a tent. Because if your home is ever compromised in any way, if you have a tent, then you can save yourself hundreds of dollars by camping instead of staying in a hotel or somewhere else. Uh, if you have a tent, you can, if you have to, sleep on the side of the road. And I just think it's just good common sense. And one thing you can do is just buy like a tiny trailer to put on the back of your car. Just a really tiny one that's not very heavy. And store your tent and a sleeping bag. And like a bucket of freeze-dried food. Um, that's very light, not, not heavy. Um, when it comes to like water filtration, if you have to filter water. If you want to go the expensive route. You can buy a WaterWise water distiller that's meant for stovetop. So you could use that camping to filter water. Um, WaterWise water distillers, they have electric countertop ones, but they also have a model that is for the stovetop. I've used it. It works really well. I highly recommend it. It is expensive. Um, so the next route, you're going to want to have like a t-shirt you can use. Well, you'd want a t-shirt anyway. You need a t-shirt that you can filter the water with crudely, 
and then once you have that clear water with all the dust out of it from filtering it through a t-shirt you just need a big pot so that you can boil water in if you need to boil your water so um, having that with some lighters and, and uh, flashlights and just really really basic camping gear either in like a little trailer that you can pull on back of your car or on the roof like you can get a bag you can put stuff in and put it on top of the roof of your car something that you can have like already packed so that you can just take it and go if you're a if you're in shape then you can you know do a whole big camping backpack if you had to set out on foot um, or a little bit of both you can have like your camping backpack and then your driving camping gear uh, it's just a good I mean and really like even if you never have to use it like the peace of mind that it will bring you is worth it like because you're in control of so much more if you can depend on yourself for your own shelter and food and protection for a little bit um, again you may never need it but it, it's no different than, you know, you may never need your house insurance either. Or you may never need your car insurance either. Or your life insurance either. Hopefully you won't need it. But when we know that there's things like Agenda 21. When we know that there's um, concerted efforts to destroy the supply ch chain. Then having these simple strategies implemented can really bring you peace of mind. So... An, oh, another thing that you can get is like a five-gallon bucket, and then they have it even in the camping sporting goods section, like at Walmart. You can buy a, a toilet seat cover. So, I mean, as a woman, that brings peace of mind <laughs> to know that I have a bathroom if I need, um, a toilet if I need. Um, you can buy bags to put in it, or, you know, you can use grass or whatever, whatever you have on hand. I had a neighbor who actually recommends using kitty litter if you need to with your five-gallon bucket to help with the smell um, and then you know it's nice to like think about uh, things to help with entertainment so if you don't have electronics do you have a favorite book that you can go to or do you have a game like I like to play this game called smash up with my husband and kids it's pretty fun um, but like have something that you can, or like chess just something that if you're used to being on the phone or on the internet a lot something that you can switch to if that if that's gone for a little bit so you're never gonna have everything right you're never gonna have enough you're always there I mean no matter like the most experienced prepper is never gonna have everything <laughs> um, you're always gonna want more oh I just remembered like from a medical standpoint one of the best things you can buy is just like lemon oil and lavender oil I've used lavender for like cuts and burns and um, clove oil is good for toothaches. If you can't afford, I, I've noticed that the price of toothpaste is going up right now. But you know, baking soda makes an excellent alternative toothpaste. And I'll tell you what, I've even experimented making toothpaste that have like xylitol and clove oil and all the fixings in them. And it, it doesn't compare to just plain old baking soda. <laughs> So um, sometimes I'll alternate just using baking soda anyway because I feel like it strengthens my teeth if I need it. Um, I've been I've had several pregnancies and so there's times where I feel like my teeth are becoming a little sensitive, 
and if I use baking soda, I feel like it remineralizes my teeth and it heals them. And I like I'm a person that doesn't have teeth problems. I've never had a cavity, so um, baking soda is a great like cheap toothpaste. So, so as far as medical supplies, like I would recommend getting essential oils like lavender, peppermint, and lemon. Those are probably the main three, and. Um, and then baking soda, you know, to help with your teeth. But like I was saying, you're never going to have enough, right? <laughs> you're never going to have everything that you're going to want and everything that you're going to need. Um, so I'm just giving you some ideas. But the point's going to come that when it comes time for you to have to live on your food storage, you're going to find out all the things that you didn't prepare. And um, at that point is where... You have to think about your your belief system and I strongly suggest you consider that there is um, there is a spiritual reality that surrounds this one and that you can that you can go to for comfort um, again the satanic system is going to want you to give up your belief system because you're going to be hurting somehow in the flesh and that's a place of uh, that's a place, that's a hinge point. That's a place of trial where you have to either succumb to that weakness or fall back on your belief system. And what my belief system is, is I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in God, the Father, and I believe in miracles. I really, really believe in miracles. And we're in a war right now because we... You know, one thing that I, I've learned is that there, there are times when we have to su suffer. But if God asks us to suffer, it's going to bring forth life. Kind of like if you have to give birth to a baby, there is suffering, but it brings forth life. And the other thing is when you're suffering for God, it is temporary. It's never eternal. It's always temporary. And once that goodness has been birthed, it's birthed forever. And you get the blessings of that sacrifice forever. So if God, if you have to suffer for God, it will be temporary. But if you choose to give in to the carnal, to whatever it is that you're being tempted to give in to, that suffering will be permanent and it will never end. And that's the suffering of the satanic suffering of death, where you're suffering not to bring forth life, but it's the suffering and pain of death. And that pain is eternal and forever. So sometimes we have to make a choice of having a short-term discomfort for the long-term gain. Or do we give in for the short-term comfort for the long-term pain? And at that point, it's, it really comes down to believing God is a God of miracles. And that it may seem for a moment that he has abandoned us. Like even Jesus felt that. He felt abandoned for, for the time of his suffering. But after that, he was never having, after he overcame on the cross, he never had to suffer again. It was done, and he, he finished the work that his father asked him to do. And we really have to believe that God is on our side, and he wants what's best for us. He wants what's best for everything, and he wouldn't allow, you know, some people think, oh, if you take the mark of the beast, then you're forever lost. Well, maybe you are forever lost for like, tens of thousands of years. I mean, you're really, really moving into a, a time period that's different. 
um, my, like from what I've learned is that the way time works is the closer you get to God, the higher it speeds up. The farther away you get from God, the slower it goes. So if you take the beast, you're going to move yourself farther away from God. So what would have taken you, you know, a day to figure out, it's now going to take you 10,000 years. So when the Bible says it's going to be forever, technically it's not forever. It's just you moved yourself into a slower timeline and it's going to take you 10,000 years, maybe even longer um, to, to, to get it right. Because, you know, kind of the basis of mental illness is this idea of circular thinking or magical thinking where you think things that aren't true. And we, we can't make up our own laws. Like there's a spiritual law that God has created and we may not understand it, but we just need to know that it is there so that when God asks us to do something and you know when God's asking you to do something because you feel a warning inside, if you're about to do something you shouldn't do, everybody has that. Um, if you don't have that, then you're already, you've already got trauma covering that that needs to be healed through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Um, but God doesn't allow us to make choices that aren't, for our own good. And so if we choose to take the mark, we choose separation from God, God allows that for our own good and our own soul development. But that soul development is going to be, oh, so, so long and painful. It's not going to be worth it. Um, because God doesn't just, I mean, there is a law. There is a law. But God doesn't create a law to hurt us. It's to protect us. And we get to choose how we're going to act within that law. And you know, when it's all said and done, you know, you may need the, the longer way, but it's, it's going to be your choice, isn't it? Um, so if you can create the value system now, that's going to bring you forth the, the fastest, most good, that's what you want to be setting up now. Um, and re relying on Jesus, because he said, look, like we try so hard every day, we work so hard to get everything we need that we begin to think that it's of our own strength. But Jesus said, look, can you add one cubit or one foot about, or a foot and a half? Can you like make yourself a foot and a half taller just by thinking about it? Because that's like a simple thing, at least according to Jesus, it's a simple thing, but for us, it's impossible. And he said that in the context of get, where do you get your food from? You know, consider the lilies of the field. They spin not neither, do they toil, but the Lord clothes them. And if the Lord so clothes the grass of the field, how much more will he clothe you? So if you believe that, because that's what Jesus taught. If you can believe that, that God will provide for you, it's not you providing for you. It's God providing for you. Then that is going to bring you a lot of comfort in trying times. Um, so when you have to decide... The government is trying to pretend to be God and it's going to, you know, give me my kilo calorie of food or <laughs> make me pay for each calorie or each thousandth of a calorie. Um, that's what Celeste Solom said that the, the FEMA is, is planning on, you know, we get like one ounce of food a week. You know, that's what the New World Order is planning. Hopefully they won't be able to implement that, but that's what they want. And so they're playing God. And... They, they're not going to be successful. Now, temporarily, yeah, it will look successful. Temporarily, they're not going to be giving you a square of food a week. They're going to make you think that if you take their chip, they're, you're, you're going to get everything you want. 
but the government can never supply that. Only God can supply that. So you really need to make your choice now if you're going to believe in God or if you're going to believe in your, your physical eyes because your physical eyes will be tempted. They'll say, here's food. You can come get food from the government. Or do you trust in God who you maybe you can't see what he's got stored up for you, but if you believe in him, he can provide it for you. Um, I read one person's testimony where they saw in the future that they had to make a choice there was no food and so they chose that instead of being afraid and instead of going and getting the mark of the beast what they chose is that they chose that God would supply and they fell asleep and when they woke up they felt like they had 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 been fed I've read other people's accounts where they have prayed and food miraculously showed up on the table I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ and um, so I have ancestors who are in the Willie and Martin handcart company and if you go watch the movie 17 Miracles, you know, it contrasts the Donner Party with the Martin and Willie Handcart Company because there's stories in there where, like, one woman, she was about to faint by the way and she couldn't go on any longer and then a, a thing of food appeared and she was able to eat and she was able to keep going. So um, if you think about it, look at your day-to-day -day life and think about it. There's been times where God has showed up for you. There's been times where you really needed help. And God has been there in some way. He sent something. He sent something to help you know that he was there. Like, for example, like I, when I was in college, I had a lot of depression. And I would go down into the bookstore and there was these beautiful paintings. And when I looked at those paintings, it relieved my depression. And at the end of the year, like this is a huge painting, okay? It, it was like $5,000. But at the end of the year, they put that painting on sale for like, 80% off, maybe 90% off. Anyway, I was able to, and I had an employee discount. I was able to buy it for like $250 and that painting is still in my house. And every time I see that painting, I know that God loves me because that painting brought me comfort in my darkest times. So you think about it, everybody has a time where God has been there for them and, and pulled through for them. Remember that, like, if you can't believe that God is a God of miracles, then you won't be able to get through the times ahead. Because even the most experienced prepper is not going to have everything they need for the times ahead. You really need to make your decision on who you believe in to provide for you, either yourself and your own senses or your relationship with God. Because our whole experience here is for us to heal the broken relationship with God that's caused us to forget him in the first place. So... I do apologize for all the background noise, but, um, you know, more than the physical ideas, I hope that you feel spiritually nourished and remember to have faith for whatever comes ahead. And thank you for listening. This is the J-Buck Podcast.